Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So we've been, we've been looking at clear lots of ground, make your tents large, spread out, think big. Last week, drive your tent pegs deep, looking at a deeper relationship with God. And, and essentially what we, what we uh, spoke about last week is intrinsically linked to this week. Uh, it, you, we can't slice this up like a cake. They are, they are linked. And um, there's, there's lots I could say. Um, I don't know. This, this, this week for me is, is a big message. I'll explain, I explain that more in a moment. Um, what, what I love, you know, in what we read there uh, in Isaiah 54, is talking to us about, with all the, the stretching and, and the lengthening and, 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 and the, the, the widening, the Scripture's talking to us about making plans, making plans for, for something that's not here yet. It's talking about creating elbow room for your growing family. In other words, you're making a space for something that isn't here yet. And, 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 and that's the journey of faith. God, God, wants to, God wants us to understand that he's, he, he is introducing us to something. Make plans for, for what is not here yet. Because while you make alterations, I'll increase your expectations. It's, although... <laughs> The, the, there is poetry in the language that we, that we read. There are some things in, in, in what God asks us to do, they don't make sense. But they do work because it's God's that said them. And, and so when we, when we engage with them, we need to understand that, that God is saying, do this because while you do this, I'm going to do something in you. While, while you make these alterations, I'm going to increase your expectations. That's why, that's why we, 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 need to, we need to put in the, the hard work. Do whatever He tells you to do. Do whatever God asks you to do. You need wine, but He tells you to fetch water. You, he doesn't require you to make the wine, but He does require you to fetch the water that He's going to make the wine out of. So while you do what He asks you to do, He's going to, he's going to increase your faith, increase your expectation. Because God is turning, by these processes, God is turning tent dwellers into people who can influence nations and resettle abandoned cities. He's, He's taking people from their small, limited environment and he says, if you if you obey me, if you do what I've asked you to do, I'm gonna build. Something, something into you. Um, I think that you know that um, years ago, some of you have heard this story before, um, but uh, years ago, uh, Joe, Joe's my uh, third child, our third child, uh, and uh, and uh, uh, my second son. And uh, one day, when he was about seven or eight. I, I asked him to do something 
um, you know, a couple of times, possibly more. And in, in a moment, I said, oh, Joseph, what language do you want it in? And he turned to me and said, French. <laughs> Say it in French. So the fact he's alive today is really the goodness of God. <laughs> Testimony to what Jesus can do. Um, absolutely amazing. But why am, I, why am I telling you that? Is because what was I saying? Uh, I was saying to, to Joseph, I want, what, why, am I, why, am I not, why am I saying something, but you're not grasping the importance or the relevance of what I'm, I'm trying to say here? That's what I was trying to communicate before I came face to face with his cheek. But the, 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 the thing I want to say is, essentially, that's what I'm coming with today. Not, I'm being much nicer to you than I was. I'm not coming to you and saying, what language do you want it in? I'm, I'm coming to you and saying, I, I wish, I, I, what way, God, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me to say this, help me to communicate this, help me to, to put this across in, in a way that, that people are going to grasp what you want them to grasp. I, what, help me say it, Lord, in a way that gets beyond the wah, 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 of our lives and the wah, 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 of sermons and the wah, 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 the things we're used to hearing and the things you've got to do later in the day and later in the week. And, uh, and, and, and God, help me. Help me to help me to deliver. I, I, I'm, this is this is praying now. I'm not I'm not preaching right now. I am praying. God, help me. God, help me to communicate. Because Lord, I, 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 we need something to, to happen uh, uh, in us and, and through us uh, in order for us to grasp the, the truth and the reality of what I believe this message is all about. You see, because I, I believe what, what I want to talk to you today about very much speaks to the reality of how I, how I see church and and it may challenge some of you in the way you see church, but I, the, the God I know, the God I believe in expects us to be, to be fruitful. He expects us to, to live fruitful lives. And I believe that God also expects us to increase in number. In fact, that was one of the, the, the first job that we got as mankind on the face of the earth. Genesis 1.28, God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. God, God had a plan that, that we would be fruitful, that, that, that life wouldn't happen to us, but we'd happen to life. That's kind of part of what I'm trying to get across even with that song. That, 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 we, that we understand, that we grasp, that we're not just people who, who comfort ourselves with spirituality, but we have power and authority to speak over situations and circumstances 
and see those things change to the glory of God. I understand, I understand that we as people, I've, I've explained uh, several times, you know, like, um, I, I'm an introvert. I am, you know. What that means is it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily a quiet and shy personality, but what it means is that, that I energize, I re-energize away from people. I'm married to a woman who's an extrovert. She re-energizes around people. We have an interesting marriage. <laughs> but it was 34 years yesterday, so we're not doing, we're not doing too badly. We're making it work. But the point, the point that I want to make is that I understand that sometimes in our humanity, smaller for us is more comfortable in my natural self. In my, in, 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 but, but we also have to understand that in a, in a time of war, the rules change. In a time of war, the rules change, the expectations change. And I, 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 I want us to understand, not just as heart church, but as the church of Jesus Christ, we are at war. We, have, we, we as a church are not just a refuge from the world. We are a refuge for the world. So we come, we come here and do we find comfort here? Do we find peace here? Of course, when we gather, something special happens through and by the Spirit of God. But, but a ship in the harbour is safe, but it's not, what, it's not what ships were built for. And whilst we may come here to rest and recuperate and be healed and be mended, we're not meant to stay in the harbour no matter how pleasant it is. We are built to sail the seven seas. We're built for adventure. We're built to take on the challenges around us. So I, I, I want us to understand that something that we know, but maybe can so too easily forget that all around us, all around us, people are drowning. All around us. Sometimes they, they do it with a smile on their face. Sometimes you'd never know it to look at them. But all around us, people are drowning. And so when I look around, and, and see empty seats. We don't have too many in here this morning, but we do have them. What I see is, what I see is, a, is a spare seat in the lifeboat. I see a spare seat in the lifeboat that somebody, somebody could be having the opportunity of hearing truth. Not about religion, but how to do life. That's why Jesus... Well, Sorry, in the words of Acts, uh, it, it talks about um, Acts 5 verse 20, go and stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. There's, 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 we're not just pointing people to religion, we're pointing people to life. How to live your life. There's a better way to live your life. And it's God's way. God's way will help you live the life you've always dreamed of and didn't even realise. 
It's not just about the accumulation of things. It's not just about eat, work, sleep, repeat. It's that we are, we are, we are, Born for more than that. And what is so frustrating for so many of us, we know it, but we can't articulate it. We can't find the road. And so when, when, when I, I speak to you or reiterate what the Bible says about more elbow room, it's because I believe that, that as the church of Jesus Christ, we are meant to increase. In numbers. We are meant to increase in numbers. Why? Because hell is real. And we have a call, a challenge to populate heaven. And that we need to re-engage with the reality that, that Jesus has saved us and He saved us for a purpose. And I'm not talking, and I, I honestly, don't, I've, I've sat through Messages which have been actually little more than a guilt trip. And guilt trips don't work. And it's not, it's not even what it's, what it's meant to be. I, it's, this is not about a driven place. It is, it is the simple supernatural consequence of the Spirit flowing through us. In Acts 5, the, the Bible says that the... Apostles formed many signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Watch this, this is crazy. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Do you not see that that contradicts? No one, else, no one else dared join them, but more and more women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. There was something, something about these people. They weren't perfect people, but there was something about them where people didn't dare join them, but couldn't stay away. I mean, here we... We've advertised teams. We've talked about, we've talked about six-star service. And in truth, six-star service is a metaphor. It's, it's, it's there to try and explain the unexplainable. I'm not changing it. Is is it? It's the way we're going to use it to describe. But but it's essentially something to help us to understand the kind of service we bring to help people engage with the presence of God. From the car park, through the front door, down the corridor, to your seat, we, we believe that we want to create an opportunity. We want to help declutter your mind, your heart, whatever's been going on in your week, whatever's been going on in your family this morning, you know, you, you, you may have been having a full-on row in the car driving to church. And, you know, and, and then you get out and, uh, morning, <laughs> fine, 
<laughs> Lovely day. Um, and we put on our church smile. But, but what I'm saying is that the, the reality is I believe that that, that whole journey is a preparation to get us into the presence of God. Because if we can get you into the presence of God, something can change. Something can change in you. Something can change in your life. There's going to be an incremental shift that is going to help you recover from something or help you take some ground this week where you were beaten last week. You're going to take ground this week so that with every smile with every open door, every act of kindness, as far as we're able in every atmosphere and environment, we're saying you're loved. You're worth something. You have a destiny in God. That's why, that's why we want to even make the toilets look good. Why? Because we want every environment to speak. You can't even go to the toilet in this place. You can't even go to that room without having an opportunity to be reminded of who you are and the possibilities of your life. That those things that we do are not there just simply to be fancy and different. We believe that these environments will prophesy to you. We believe that, 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 that as much as we value, as much as we value this time of preaching, as much as we value the time of, of, of praising God, that's why, that's why we encourage people to be on time for the service. Not, not because we just want everyone in the seats, which we do, but not just that. Not because if you're late, you're disruptive, which you are, but not just that. It's because we want you, we want you to get the full, the full opportunity. We want you to, to squeeze the lemon dry because we know you're living the kind of life, most of us are anyway, where you need to touch God. You need to touch God. I need something this week. I need a word. I need an experience. And I just believe that, that in the way we do church, we're not limiting it to the service. We believe that you can experience God in the car park or in the corridor or, or on the, being shown to your seat or being served coffee in the atrium. We believe that every one of those opportunities is an opportunity to engage with God. I love this. We went, we had a, a staff um, retreat a few weeks ago and I shared this. Just felt something um, highlighted to me in the first chapter of Luke where it's, uh, uh, verse 39, it says, at the time Mary got ready and hurried to a town. She just found out she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit and uh, she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now watch this, verse 41 says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Now that's wow, but in verse 44, watch this, it says, as soon, she, she then explains this, and I just love the way she broke it down, that as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And just what, what gripped me was the sound of your greeting. The sound of your greeting, when the sound not the hymn, not the Bible reading, not, not the preaching, not, just the sound. When the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt within me and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just thought, I mean, I was sharing it as an encouragement to our car park team and and our host team, you know, who do a phenomenal job in all weathers, in all, in all seasons, all times. They are here early, busy people, sacrificing, volunteering as part of their worship unto the Lord. And, and, but to encourage every single one, that when I come and do that job with the right attitude and with a heart filled with the Holy Spirit, who knows what the sound of my greeting who knows what the sound of my greeting might do? Because we, we want something to leap in you. We want, we want something. We want, when, when you come to the house of God, when you come to this church, we're not just trying to give you a religious experience. What, I, what I'm believing for week in, week out is that you will come here and your destiny will leap within you. Something will move within you. You've never even thought about your destiny. Maybe you've never even thought about the possibilities of your future. But as you engage in the presence of God, as you, as you uh, come and associate with the one who made you, the one who saw you being formed in your mother's womb, something, something will touch you. From the inside out, something will touch your heart and something will leap within you. And you will know and believe that you, you, are, you, are, you are born for more than you are presently experiencing. I want something to leap, leap within you. And then you will carry that, that experience, that as, as destiny leaps within you, as you're filled with the Spirit of God, you will leave and impact, impact the world around you, carrying this, you know, this fragrance, this fragrance that is beyond the senses, but a fragrance that people can't, what is it? Like those Acts, the, 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 in, in, in those Acts scriptures there, the early church, what is it about these people? I don't know, it seems a little bit weird, bro. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just keeping it, but like, you know, I can't help but also be a little bit intrigued, a little bit. That is, that is what the Holy Spirit will do. Do we have to come to church to find God? No, I don't. I, I should know. I lay on my bed in Victoria Center Flats and I found God. But my growth in God has absolutely only happened through church. And most of us, I believe, will find God in church. We must never, ever minimize what God will do in this environment. Because that's the way the Lord set it up. 
Whether you like it or not, you can come up with all your fancy ideas of what you think church should be, but this was God's idea. This was God's idea. And, and, and what, I, what I love is, and, and what I truly believe church should be is multi-generational. I believe that it should be multinational. I, 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 I believe, because like, if you don't like this, you're, not, you're gonna be uncomfortable in heaven. You might as well get used to this right now because heaven is gonna, heaven is, it, it, you know, it, 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 it doesn't have uh, uh, sections divided up into colours or class. We don't have the upper class section in heaven. We just have a section where we all come and we, and we are part, we are part of it. Something powerful happens when we gather together. Yes, even, even those people who get on your nerves, even those people you think they don't like you, even that woman who gave you that dirty look, you know, she didn't, but in your head she did. And yet even those people, God, God has brought us together and something, something dynamic happens when we gather. And, and we're here to change each other as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. So one person sharpens another. So, you see, as I was thinking about, as I was thinking about this whole thing to do with elbow room and, and essentially, you know, goodness, I mean, that's why, that's why we're here. We're here because we wanted to make more room. And we've got to rethink some stuff because we haven't got a lot of room in the service, but we're going to have to rethink some stuff because we need to keep making room. We need to keep making room and we love the fact that you're all here, but we need to keep making room for people who are not presently here. So I was thinking about, you know, like, um, you know, elbow room. I mean, I, I was even, you know, we're thinking, I'm thinking, we're just thinking. I'm just throwing it out there now. But like, we're thinking of maybe, maybe, because it seems that around here it's easier for people to come um, at this time of day than the evening. We were thinking that maybe we had one morning service like this and one early afternoon service instead of an evening service. <gasps> Why not have an evening service? But I don't know, we're just changing it up. We're just, we're trying to listen to God. But we've always, yeah, just because we've always done something doesn't mean we should always, you know, and, 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 I, and maybe, maybe what we'll do is to, to manage what God is giving us in the time that He's giving us. We could have two services earlier in the day and that means we finish a little bit earlier. But then maybe as we grow, we could then shift things to have a, a youth and young adult service in the evening. I'm just smiling because the front row is freaking out now. As I, just with complete abandon, I'm just declaring major shifts. I'm not saying we're doing it next week, guys. I'm just saying. But I, I think it's also good that you know 
You know, I'm always thinking, always thinking, ask your dad. Always, always thinking because we, we should be thinking, shouldn't we? About how we manage growth. Because it's not just about numbers, it's about individual people who need Jesus to do something powerful in their lives. And you see, this is, this is, this is what really kind of gets to me that before we, before we start talking about making room inside the building, I, I want to say that the most significant thing about elbow room is not room inside the building, it's room inside our hearts. In fact, I, I messed a little bit with the, with the NIV version of it. Where, and I just put this, enlarge the place. It says enlarge the place of your tent, but I said enlarge the place of your heart. Stretch your arms wide and do not hold back. What I'm saying is that if we ever have to make room inside the building, it will only be an indication of the room that has been made inside our hearts. It's not just about get them in, lads. Get them in. Get them in, lads. Get them in. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's about something happening in us that, that draws people. It's that, that is, that is what I'm just, I don't know, you might call me naive, but that's what I'm believing for. And I, and I think I shared on Vision Sunday, you know, before you start stretching and lengthening, one of the great ways of, of making room is having a clear out. You know, we've, we've moved house several times. I said we've moved country twice. And, and so we've had a good opportunity to have a good clear out. You know, if you've not moved house in many years, then there's probably stuff there that you don't even know about. You've forgotten about. Um, and I, and I, wanna, I wanna say that Making room in our hearts, making room in our hearts is, 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 is about being the, the, just about the most healed we can be. Help me, Jesus. Help me. You know, someone said to me a couple of years back, actually, they didn't say it to me. It was said and it got back to me. You know, Malcolm keeps going on about the lost. You know, what about us? And I'll be honest with you, initially when I heard that, I was annoyed. How can you say that? It's like you're, you're in the lifeboat, but there are people drowning all around you and you are wanting to make sure that you get the attention in the lifeboat. And, but, you know, then I prayed and became a little bit more like Jesus. And I get it. I get it. Because... Is church a place where I'm meant to get whole? Is church a place where I'm meant to get healed? Yes, 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 it is, 100%. But you've got to lean into your healing. You've got to position yourself. You've got to do something about that. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, if, 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 you, if you're just coming to church, singing songs for 15 minutes, listening to a word and, 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 and getting on with your week and you never engage with God, never pray, never read your Bible, never do anything else in the week and then you come to church each Sunday and think, well, I don't like this church, nothing ever changes. Well, you never change because you never lean into what God has got available for you. You've also got to do something. You've got to do something to, and it's not just about, it's not just about uh, coming here and having something experientially. God wants to do something in your heart and that requires you to engage with Him. So, yes, we need to make room. Yes, go on freedom in Christ. Twice, three times. Do whatever is necessary. You know, back in the day, we don't do it so much now because we're too cool now. But back in the day, some of us in this room can remember, the, we used to call it the altar call. You know what I mean? The altar, people used to just come forward. They used to come and kneel in the presence of God. People repenting, people getting their heart right. People just not, but, you know, because when, when, when you want God more than you're concerned about other people's opinion, you will, you will do what is necessary. And you can sit there and judge everyone else here at the front crying their eyes out all you want to, but at least they're trying to get their at least they're trying to get their life sorted. At least they're trying to do something. I would love those days to return when, when we have times of worship, when we come to the end of the, of, the, of the meeting, that people would just forget how cool they are for a moment and they would say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I just need, I need to get my life sorted. I've got some attitudes I need to get right. I need to get my thought life right. I need to change in this area. I'm believing for freedom from my family. And I know the only way I'm gonna get this is through and by the Spirit of God. See, I, I dream, I dream, I dream of a church, an army actually, of people with healed hearts. Because my point is that when, you, when your heart is being healed, you get it. You don't just need to sit there and be ministered to, be ministered to, be ministered to, be ministered to. Yes, we are always changing, we're always growing, but, but when, when God is doing something in me and He's healing me, He's changing me, suddenly I become aware there are people around me who are worse off than me. There are people in my office and people in my family and people on my street and they're worse off than me. And they need my prayers. I believe, I just believe for people who will love Jesus so much that they will go anywhere and do anything because I owe Him my everything. I owe Him my life. Everything I have is because of Him. How can I sit back with a pick and mix mentality to my spirituality and say, mm, yeah, I fancy that bit. No, I don't like that. Mm, no, I'm not sure about that, but I love that. I, I don't get to do that because of He who came and set me free. The very fact that I have a life, the very fact that I'm in my right mind, the very fact that I have health in my body is because of the grace of God. How can I now turn around to say, Jesus, I'm sorry, that doesn't quite fit in with my plan, my program. I don't feel comfortable with that. I, when did I get the right to say that? 
You see, there is a cry. It's inaudible to the human ear, but God can hear it. In Genesis 4.10, there are these Scriptures where, where the Bible says, the Lord said, what have you done? Saying, He said, listen, your brother's blood. This is about Cain and Abel. Your brother's blood, listen, cries out to me from the ground. Was that, was that, was that, could that blood be heard by human ears? No. But it, it could be heard by the ears of God. It cried out. I've talked before about you know, our children in this nation. In this nation, our children are killing our children. Don't think for a woman that I can't hear their blood. But that blood cries out before the throne of God. We're a nation where the children are killing each other. That blood cries out before the throne of God. In Exodus 2.23, it says that during the long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. There's a cry all around us. We, we can't hear it, but there's a cry. Behind all the vibes and the high fives and the smiles and the jokes and the hey, that, God hears it. There's a story in the Bible. There's a story in the Bible of a man beaten up on the, the road to Samaria. You know, it talks about people, talks about people who pass him by, beaten up and left for dead, beaten up and left for dead. And there's a couple of religious guys who clearly got a lot on with their life and they walk by because they can't afford to put this on their agenda. But then there's the Samaritan, you know, the good Samaritan, the story of the good the Good Samaritan and the Bible says that he poured in, he poured in, he poured in the oil, poured in the oil and the wine. And he literally took him to a room. He, he made room because he found room in his heart. He found room in his heart. So he was able to take him to a room. And I want to say to us, church, that there's got to be something in us. Some, God's got to do something supernaturally in our hearts to awaken us to the reality, to, 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 by the Spirit, to tune our ear to that, that frequency of those inaudible the people all around us so that we don't just sit here and having a good time till Jesus comes, but we understand there is a war on. There is a war on and there are seats in the life belt and there's been, there are hungry people all around us and there is bread served here every week. There's bread served here every week. I was thinking, I was thinking, what, it, what, what would it be like? I'm, listen, you think I'm crazy, pray for me. But I was thinking, you know, I want to believe for a day. Lawrence, I want to believe for a day when we have to live stream from KMC. So we're talking within a certain frame time. I would love it if we had to live, live stream from KMC a baptism service because we haven't got enough room for normal church to come and be part of that service. 
Uh, you don't just pray for me if you don't be. But what, what if what if we had so many baptisms we couldn't run a normal service and we had to live stream it so everyone could be part of it? Why not? Why not? Why not? Do we believe? I sing about a great God. I pray to a great God. I preach a great God. I say I believe He exists. Why not? Why not? Why not? And I believe that God wants us to create an environment. What what that that what that Samaritan did? He, he provided a place to heal. Someone who that's it's a picture for us. People who've been beaten up by life and left for dead. We provide an environment to heal, a, a place, joy. Oil is about healing. Wine is about joy. It's a place. This should be a place of joy. It should be a place of healing, a place of kindness. Because when we start making room in our hearts, when we truly start making room in our hearts, it won't be difficult. We will definitely have to make elbow room. Here we'll definitely have to do something. There's a silent scream that reaches the ears of God. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.